Hey, everyone. Welcome back to How to Study the Bible. Today is a special day. I've got my new friend, Rayshawn Graves, with us, and we're going to do today just a little bit differently. For those of you who are new here, we are studying through the book of Romans, and it is not too late to catch up. We're just in Romans chapter 4 today, and it's been so fun to gather our community from around, really truly around the world, um, getting to connect with you guys in our Facebook group. If you're receiving the reading plan in your email, whatever way you're being blessed by this podcast, if it's if it's just listening um, and following along, we're so, so glad that you're here. And I know for me personally, you guys have created a space for me to have accountability and structure in my own Bible study, because um, even as pastors, we definitely get off track, and it's been a really um, deconstructing time in all of our lives, and I think being able to do this together in the fall and get back into some structure is awesome. So I want to introduce Sean to you guys. Sean is a pastor here in Richmond, Virginia, where we both live, and he's also the host of a podcast called Ask a Pastor. How, what an intro. We're just real clear. We're real clear with our podcast titles. Yeah. Uh, Rayshon, welcome to the show. Yes. Thank you, Nicole. Thanks for having me on here. And uh, yeah, great to know you as a fellow pastor and fellow Richmonder yeah. as well. So. Awesome. Yeah. And Rayshon actually said he wanted to be in chapter four. So we're going to get to do chapter four together. And what we want to do with you guys today, I want to invite you, if you have your Bible, if you want to open it up, if you're listening in the car, that's cool. Come with us. But um, if you have read chapter four, or you've got it in front of you. That's what Rayshon and I are doing. We both have our Bibles open in front of us. We're sitting in front of this mic, but really we're just doing Bible study together. And one of the things that's incredible about the community of faith is that God calls us the body of Christ, and we all are different parts of that body. And when we come together the way we're doing, we have an opportunity to learn from each other's lives and find commonalities, but also ways to encourage one another in our differences. And so we're going to walk through that together. We're just going to use those four questions that we use in the Alive Method and talk about this chapter, chapter four. So our first question is just, what does it say? We always want to remember, like, man, before we go any further, we just, we want to be able to summarize what we've read like, in the most basic form. So Rayshon, take it away. What is chapter four about? What does it say? Yeah, it's it's really justification. God declaring us righteous, all who believe and put their, their faith and trust in the person and work of Jesus, and how that happens, okay. what that looks like. Cool. And Paul's kind of appealing, you know, that game of Uno, the wild card. He throws down the wild card of Abraham, you know, the Jews' kind of greatest ancestor and goes oh, through man. to make his point. So I love how you just said that. So, yeah, so he's using this wild card, yeah. which, of course, for the rest of us, we've got to ask the question. Remember, we always talk about the alive method. When you get to what does it say, you should have questions. If you're really reading closely and you're trying to summarize, not one of us, doesn't matter how long you've been in Bible study, should not have a question about it. So I'm writing down, like, why this wild card? What would this mean yeah. to the audience at the time? Like, when this was written, how would those guys receive that? That's one of my questions coming out of what does it say. So what else does it say? Yeah. Uh, I mean, just thinking about kind of this whole process of of what it looks like to believe Jesus and, and how it's even more more not so much as about our action and what mm-hmm. we can do or even what Abraham did using him as an example but what God does mm-hmm. and and what it means for us in believing Jesus and you know as even going to the end of the passage what it looks like for us to believe in his death and his his resurrection mm-hmm. for our justification or for our acceptance so. yeah i love that i mean that's a great that might be a great way to even proceed forward it's like okay what does 
since Abraham is a wild card that's used, like what does Abraham do and what does God do in mm-hmm. this passage? Yeah. We could even create a little chart and be like, okay, what happens? I mean, what stands out to me, what I'm underlining is this this phrase that comes up a couple times, credited to him as righteousness, that there's this Abraham believed God, and it seems like Paul is basically saying, hey, if your argument is that Abraham did something to be righteous, I'm going to dismantle the argument, especially there in the middle of the chapter Mm -hmm. where we start talking about circumcision and uncircumcision, and Mm -hmm. that's like, you probably would want some... (laughs) Y'all listening, we're like, what are... You know, you might have questions. We're not going to address all those questions right now, but again, that would be like a whole section of Bible study where you'd be like, I probably need to understand... What does circumcision mean Mm -hmm. as a sign? Why was it a seal? And obviously there's like a little bit about timeline going on in here. We're talking about, Mm -hmm. wait a second, guys, if you think that's the reason that Abraham's righteous, it seems to me like Paul's wild card is he's laying down an argument why you're you're putting righteousness on the wrong action. I don't know if you agree. Yeah, no, I agree. I I think the the action, the working, I mean, you look at, you know, verse verse four and five, work, gift, work, gift, and how, Mm. you know, we're usually wired to wanting to work, to earn something, uh, or to see salvation as something that must be earned by us. But you know, Paul talks about here how it's a gift. It's mm-hmm. not as, what righteousness and, and salvation is is a gift. Mm. And so, yeah, that that contrast of kind of how we default, but how God actually functions yeah. and what God actually is doing in salvation. I think that's a you know a good comparison to like what He's getting at because you know even as as you were talking about in Romans three, like if we're all on this kind of you know, neutralized place and equal place of being being sinners. Yeah. I mean, we don't want to stay in that place. We want to try to work our way out of it yeah. to change ourselves. I love that. So I'm like, I'm looking and thinking, because this is obviously like the next step for me after we've kind of read like a longer passage is I try to try to focus in on like, okay, where where's our main point for today. Now, mm-hmm. y'all, y'all probably know this by now. We could study Romans for years and take little pieces at a time, but obviously we're doing a flyover in this 16 weeks. I'm really drawn, honestly, to verse 3, just because it says, what does Scripture say? Hey, like, ding, <laughs> yeah. ding, ding. Like, if the Bible says to you, like, what does Scripture say? You know, like, okay, we're probably getting to the heart of the matter. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a mm-hmm. good signal, like, when you're reading. Yeah. And you just, like, picked it up. We were in Romans 3 talking about we're all equal. We're all equal as sinners. And then Paul's like, okay, what does Scripture say? This is verse 3. Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Now, for those of you who are following along in your study Bible, you're going to notice that that verse is in quotes, and that gives us, okay, this is from somewhere else. Paul's quoting somewhere else in Scripture, and then our study notes are going to tell us where that is. So I'm going to put a little note there for when we get to what's the backstory. We probably want to know more about that. But then verse 4 and 5 that you just talked about. Now, to the one who works— Wages are not credited as a gift, but as an obligation, right? If you and I do work and we do honest work, we get a paycheck for it. Mm -hmm. Verse 5, however, to the one who does not work but trusts God, who justifies the ungodly, their faith is credited as righteousness. And to me, I feel like that's kind of the main part of this chapter. And then, you know, Paul builds out the argument around why it doesn't work to depend on works. I mean, basically. (laughs) And he uses, like, the main guy. So he's like, hey, let's think about the guy that's the hero for everyone in the Jewish faith, and I'm going to basically dismantle his works righteousness, which can you guys imagine, like, if you just think about, I don't even know who you think of as a holy person. Let's let's take Mother Teresa. (laughs) And it's almost like Paul's saying, like, hey, you guys, let's talk about Mother Teresa. She does all these things. Guess what? That's not what makes her righteous. 
So it would be really, to me, like in a tone kind of way, I'm like, man, that would be disconcerting. Yeah. Because he's saying, let me take the best and the brightest and the greatest and tell you how that's not. Yes. That's not it. Right. It's like stack your works against the works (laughs) of the most holy person that you can think of. Yeah. And the scales just don't balance. And even Mother Teresa's scales don't balance because the work that really matters is Jesus's. Hey guys, we're here because the Bible has changed so many lives. So just take a second and think about if you didn't have access to a Bible or you weren't even allowed to have one. This is a reality that many around the world are facing, which is why I want to tell you about one of our partners, Crew. Crew has missionaries in almost every country and they are seeing people come to know Jesus. There's just one thing they're missing, a Bible in their own language, and that's where you come in. For only $24 a month, you can provide three people with Bibles each and every month. When you sign up to provide three Bibles with a monthly gift of $24, Crew will also provide meals to 12 hungry individuals through their humanitarian aid ministry. Plus, you'll receive a free copy of my new book, Not What I Signed Up For. Simply text STUDY to 71326 to help today. That's S-T-U-D-Y or visit give.crew.org slash study. Again, that's give.cru.org slash study. Message and data rates may apply and available to U.S. addresses only. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. So if you go into the Gospels and you think about Jesus and the fact that people were, like, offended by what he was saying, even though when we look at this, if we think about Chapter 3 and what we were just talking about— it's it's like, I don't know, Rayshawn, I sometimes when I read the Bible, I think a lot of our problem is it's like too good to be true. Yeah, yeah. Like I was yeah. just thinking about that this morning. I was confessing, just felt a little bit off this morning, felt like I was just not mm-hmm. where I wanted to be with the Lord. And I felt myself wanting to like work into something like I'm going to be good today, yeah. you know, yeah. and wasn't doing this at all. It's mm-hmm. almost like it's such good news. It's so incredibly different than the way we live in our human nature that we almost reject it. Like, yeah. it's like, no, it can't possibly be that good. Yeah. <laughs> it's just an ethic that I, I mean, whether that's contextually or, or nationally, whatever the case may be, that we we feel like this is what we bring to the table. Yeah. We contribute and we take joy and pleasure in the fact that we have earned something. Mm-hmm. But this takes it completely out of our hands. Right. Because it's like, you know, even, even you look at the next, next few verses and, you know, as, as Paul quotes David, mm-hmm. blessed is the person whose lawless acts are forgiven. Mm-hmm. It's like, blessed is the person who has something done for them. Yeah. Instead of the person who actually does something. You know, same thing for me. I'll, I'll go in a quiet time or prayer 
and try to work or have a desire to work or atone mm-hmm. for my forgiveness or for whatever it is that I'm, I'm looking for, acceptance before God. And I'm just constantly reminded that I could never do that. Yeah. Something has been done. Yeah. And faith is trusting in that work mm-hmm. and not my own work. Yeah. So good. See, we're pastors, y'all. We can't stay in what does it say, but we're going to we're going to circle back. We're going to wait <laughs> yeah. on what does it mean. We're going to get to how to apply it to our lives. Yeah, uh, but I, I can't. I always jump ahead. But okay, so we we've talked about what it says, and we pointed out a couple of things. I love that you pointed out that David's quoted too. So let's do the backstory. Let's ask that question. Well, what's the backstory here? And I'm real drawn in by the fact that Paul is using uh, a story about Abraham, and he's quoting David because. I think for a lot of us, we're like, okay, seems like God in the Old Testament is a God of wrath. You know, we've just gotten some really bad news, like, hey, we've got a problem, and the problem is we're never holy enough for God. But now we're turning the corner here, and Paul's actually going back to the Old Testament and saying, what I think he's saying is like, no, this is always the way it's been. Like, yeah. this has always been the plan. Yes. This has always been who God is. And, I mean, what good news in verse 8 when he quotes David, blessed is the one who sinned, the Lord will never count against them. Like, something uh, cosmic and cataclysmic has happened mm-hmm. in whatever this thing is, as we're talking about God crediting righteousness, that means that you're not under the wrath of God anymore. Yeah. Like, yeah. He, it says, not the Lord won't count your sins against you today because you asked for forgiveness, or mm-hmm. God won't count your sins against you that time that you weren't a Christian. It's like, no, never, ever, not in the past, not in the present, not in the future, never. Like, it's huge big news. But let's talk about where Scripture's coming from with this. When we look back at verse 3, you know, that Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. What's the backstory there? What's that talking about? Yeah, that's, that's you know, Abraham and his covenant with God and just Genesis, Genesis 15, mm-hmm. I believe. And um, Lord comes to Abraham and said he's going to be his, his shield, his exceedingly great reward. And um, yeah, he makes a, a, makes a covenant with Abraham and Abraham believes God. He says he's going to give him a son. Abraham believes yeah. and it, it, is, it is credited to him as righteousness, mm-hmm. which again is, is kind of trying to wrap your head around it. Like, what does all that mean? Yeah. What's happening in that moment? But yeah, and take the Bible away. Yeah, take what we know about God's presence away because mm-hmm. we're in Genesis right now. So yeah. we're back in the very, very beginning. The mm-hmm. only way that God's revealed Himself is through creation. Yes. There's nothing else. Yes. So when Abraham's like having this experience with the God of the heavens, he's not like Jesus loves me. This <laughs> like yeah. I love for us to all remember. Like. Yeah. He didn't have the law, and then what Paul's saying, he didn't have circumcision. There wasn't any way to show that you were committed to God. There Mm -hmm. was no other Mm -hmm. options, right? Right, right. Yeah, and then also, like, he was old. Yeah, he was (laughs) old, yeah. And and God's going to do all of these things for him, make him a, a, you know, father of many nations. You know, even, even though like Sarah was past childbearing yeah. age, he's an old guy. They don't got anything to, re- to rely on outside of that. They don't have work that they can do. But it's the thing like and this is what's so amazing to me is Paul saying, hey, outside, especially to this audience, that's like outside of all the rules, outside of all the ways that you can figure out how to be good, which we're always in, too, in yeah. our world. But in this world at the time, it was like outside of all of that, I'm going to now build an argument mm-hmm. on how the father of all all the nations, the one that you look to, what God wanted out of him yeah. was belief. Yeah. It was not yeah. law. It was not works. And what does that mean for us today? Like yeah. what all he did was believed 
And I love that it was like impossible things. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you really want to get into yeah. it, it's like there, Abraham had to believe things that he could not see yeah. could possibly be true. Yeah. Verse 19, he considered his own body to already be dead. Mm-hmm. You know, then the, mm-hmm. since he was about 100 years old, like, uh-huh. okay, yeah, he literally was like yeah. all the way up there. And, <laughs> and it's like, it's him extending his hands mm. to God saying, I'll take whatever, whatever it is you're saying. Mm. I'm going to rock with that. I'm, I'm going to go with that. <laughs> oh, man, so good. All right, let's move to what does it mean, our third question. This is like when we're thinking about the principle. And, you know, like I say every week, you guys, when we're looking for a principle, we're kind of building a theory. What does this tell us about God? What does this tell us about humans? What does it tell us about the interaction of God and humans? And whatever that principle is, it should apply to the audience that it was written for mm-hmm. as much as it applies for us. It stands outside of time. It stands outside of your circumstances. It's like a truth, right? So, Rayshawn, like what comes, and there's a lot of them in here. Mm-hmm. There's tons, but yeah. what's, what are a couple that come to mind for you? Yeah, a couple that come to mind for me is, you know, especially when he's talking about um, just kind of the, the, the Jewishness of this passage and mm-hmm. the circumcision, the, the, the covenant, things like that, and how even how this entire letter has been addressing people, multi-ethnic people, Jews, Gentiles, and how Paul kind of levels everybody, mm-hmm. puts everybody on the same level. And then right here, he starts to to bring everybody into the fact that this is for anyone who has faith. Mm-hmm. You know, you might think, oh, I have the law, or you might think, I don't have any law at all. Like, mm-hmm. this is for those who are the children of Abraham, who by faith, by believing and trusting. And mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, I, I think for for them, I think it's it's something of a of a reminder that, like you said, this is the way God has always done things. Mm-hmm. This is how God becomes, you know, Abraham becomes the father of many nations, mm-hmm. how God redeems the nations, yeah. people uh, from every tribe, nation, and tongue. And, and it's all through this way yeah. that he's established. And so I think for the people who are reading this letter or listening to this letter be read, that's really encouraging, mm-hmm. especially, you know, if you're, you're a Gentile or someone who's kind of outside of the the, mm-hmm. the covenant of, of you know what what God did for the Jews. This is encouraging to know that man. I am connected to Abraham yeah. in this way. Mm. Yeah, for me, I, I go kind of to the end of the chapter where we're going to see. For me, of course, I'm like, okay, credited to him as righteousness is clearly the main point because yeah. like it's been repeated mm-hmm. so many times. Mm-hmm. But what I love, like in a world of confusion, if you're just asking the question what does this really mean and how do I do it? You just, you get your answer in verses 23 and 24. Mm Because it's like, hey, okay, this whole, everything that Paul has set up, this whole argument about like how faith is actually about belief, it's Mm -hmm. about God crediting to us righteousness. He just makes it really clear in verse 24. He says, hey, this is how God credits righteousness to you. You believe in him who raised Jesus, our Lord, from the dead. Mm -hmm. And you believe that Jesus was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. Yes. You don't we don't need to rewrite that. Like yeah. if you want the principle, there it is. There like it is. this is what it means to be righteous in God's eyes. Mm-hmm. And we don't use the word righteous a lot in our culture. So I almost want to restate it like I'm like this is what it means to be fully at peace with yourself. Yes. Yes. This is what it means to be fully alive and okay in the world. Mm-hmm. This is what it means to be 100% safe in every way. Like if you were going to take all the righteousness words away and just say that, it's like God has given us a very, very clear thank you, Lord and Paul for writing, like the inspiring Paul to write this. We were like, okay, that's what it's about. And it's not about anything else, you guys. Like that's all it's about. And knowing 
embracing, leaning into this, wrestling with it, that chat, that verse 24, to me is the actual like crux yeah. of our faith, yeah. truly. Yeah, I love how just, you know, that big word of God's transcendence or his, yeah. just his freeness and yeah. his power to be able to break into our our realities that are really, again, tainted by sin and, and our fallenness. Mm-hmm. And when we couldn't help ourselves or do anything to work enough to mm-hmm. be accepted before God, like well, you see his goodness, you see his love, you yeah. see his proactiveness in actually caring about us and, and doing for ourselves what we couldn't do. Yeah. And, and in his word, he does that with his word. I mean, this is, this is the same God who speaks what wasn't yeah. and makes it so that it is. Mm. And that's essentially, that's, that's us. I mean, yeah. you know, we, we like to say that our words have that kind of ability, and they don't. But, you know, we like to manifest things or speak positively. <laughs> but, like, no, but we know the guy who does. Yeah. And, and he does that for us in a really big way. Absolutely. And that's, that's so encouraging. Like, the, the, the main crux of that is, like, He's literally gone the lens through Jesus' death and resurrection to see to it that, um, that we can experience that, that peace, yeah. that safety, and acceptance with him. Yeah. And we've got that word justified. Actually, the first, the, it's the last word of the entire chapter is justification. We're going to get into that in the next chapter. So if you just have a little like, like, I really want to understand justification, then that's coming our way as we go into the next chapter. But um, I just want to ask you, Sean, are you old enough to have ever balanced a checkbook? Yes. <laughs> Did you see? I yes. was like being his big sister. In the world. <laughs> like I, when I, like when I think about what does this mean for me and what does it mean for me? Like we always are drawn to like, when we're really um, applying God's word to our life, we're either drawn to worship, we're drawn to confession, we are getting an encouragement or specific direction for our life. That's generally how I leave scripture if I've been in it. And for me, I just have this image of holding the checkbook and this whole idea of being credited righteousness. It's like whatever amount you are in debt. It's just that you're, you're so in debt, you could never repay it. And you yeah. just see it. God's hand comes in, cancels that debt. Yeah. Like that's what credited as righteousness yeah. and actually puts us back into standing. So yeah. like, let's say you, your balance, you had a horrible debt and your credit score was like just in the tank. Yeah. He's also going to raise your credit score. Yeah. Like it's yeah. not just, okay, now you're back to zero. It's yeah. like, no, 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 you're, you're, that debt is canceled and you're back yes. in this standing yes. and it will never not yeah. be that. And I just worship. I mean, my response today is like, thank you, God. Oh yeah. my gosh. Thank yeah. you, God. That That's the way that you've said it will be. Yeah. You yeah. know, thank you to Jesus for taking my sin and your sin and our sin upon himself, yeah. like making a way. Hey man, will you pray for us as we wrap up our time? Just yeah. everyone listening and those of you guys, wherever you are, whether you're with us, you know, right on Monday as we're talking through this or later, um, yeah, Rayshawn, would you just pray us out? Yeah, sure, sure. Thank you. And thanks for having me on. Oh, I yeah, really, man. Really it was awesome. It. Guys, yeah. we'll put uh, Rayshawn's podcast in the show notes so you can go listen to Ask a Pastor as well. Yeah, let me pray. Jesus, we, we thank you so much for, for your work. Um, you, you did work perfectly. Mm-hmm. We, we do it so imperfectly to try to earn acceptance and forgiveness and, and love from God. Um, we can never do that on our own, but we thank you, Lord, because you've done for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so your, your perfect life lived in our place, your death on the cross for our sin, and then your powerful resurrection. Um, you've made it so that, that we can truly be accepted before mm-hmm. God, truly experience forgiveness and peace and joy. 
Uh, so in some, some sense, in some small glimpse or even in a major way, help us to understand that. Help us to wrap our hearts and our minds around that uh, as we're going to work or school or the playground or whatever, whatever we're doing uh, in our lives. Would you, would you help us to know that you're for us and with us? And um, we thank you for this reality, this, this big word of justification, how uh, you've always been about that, even mm-hmm. through showing that with somebody through Abraham and um, even doing that for us. So um, we're just grateful, and, and we rejoice, and we thank you for these things. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. See you guys next week. All right, all right. Good. Sweet. Thanks for listening to How to Study the Bible with Nicole Eunice, a production of LifeAudio.com and the Salem Web Network. This episode was produced by Kelly Gibbons and our executive producer, Stephen McGarvey, and edited by Stephen Sanders. If you enjoyed what you heard today, we'd love for you to head over to your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. It really does help people find us. To learn more about Nicole, you can check out her website at NicoleEunice.com. Her book on how to study the Bible is called Help, My Bible is Alive. And you can find a link to that plus a link to Nicole's site in today's show notes. The Historical Jesus Podcast is the sweeping saga of the life and times of Galilean Jesus of Nazareth, as well as the faith, religion, and church founded to honor and disseminate his acts and teachings. Join me, Mark Vinette, on this fascinating journey through time, exploring the many great works of Christian theology, literature, architecture, music, and art inspired by the words and deeds of Jesus Christ.